Hi, welcome to another episode of Cloud Unplugged. Cole, welcome to Cloud Unplugged. I am with Jay Kishore again. <laughs> did you have to like think of my last name there? <laughs> that was quite a bit. Well, I didn't know whether to just stop there. And I thought, yeah. actually, I probably need to say your surname because nice, if thanks. someone's listening, it yeah. could be any Jay. Just, it's more just than random one Jay. Jays. Yeah. Every time we tend to come to podcasts, it'd be things we're seeing in customers and kind of identifying patterns and challenges and things like that. But um, one of the things that we're going to discuss is consistency on, um, I guess, delivering into the cloud. Obviously, it's called Cloud Unplugged, so it makes yeah. sense. Huh. Um, and when and why you would need consistency and what the trade-offs are and what companies probably need it and what companies might not need it. At the, um, the stage of the company that you're at or like what you're trying to do or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. I think one of the things we're definitely seeing is depending on your business model, like if you're doing M&A and acquisitions or you're scaling up and you just had another round of money, um, by not having any foundational things in place, as in like things that you can scale on, there's then a high cost because then you've got to then suddenly work out like actually this isn't a thing we can scale on mm. um what we've just done and actually now how are we going to manage this thing we've just bought exactly and, and how's it going to work with us as a company or or because there's no consistency um you are trying to like figure it out every single time because it's inconsistent there's no pattern that you're adopting yeah so then because you have to figure it out every time it's naturally slower Right, you're not like, oh yeah, I've done, I know how to be consistent in my organization. This is how I be consistent. So half of the work is already done for you and then you're just using that. Yeah, and this um, is probably more though, I think, if you haven't needed, if consistency hadn't been a requirement at the beginning necessarily, mm. um, and it's been more organic, like say you've delivered in a more organic way and things have worked, and that's like speed maybe mattered, the time to market really mattered. Yeah. Um, and you didn't necessarily see the upfront value of investing in that, then usually those types like ways of doing things properly, which could take more time, but set you up for the future, weren't appealing at that point in time. Because to to a certain degree, though, right? I guess like there's probably levels of consistency. So maybe let's say a really concrete example. Let's say um, the application architecture that you were um, uh, going to be delivering was not consistent with something that you delivered previously, but the process in which, the process that you used to do that was consistent. So for example, you did things using infrastructure as code as an example, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, so you're using the same way uh, of doing it, but not necessarily like the architectural pattern uh, that you're using so and and that's because you you know it was faster to do something via i don't know um containers rather than IaaS or some, mm. something like that right so um so i guess it like consistency can be um you can think of consistency at lots of different levels and each of those levels gives you a bit of a there's a pro and a con to each one so if you do it at a, at a process then maybe like consistency in process has a much higher need for the people to all be on the same page as an example like yeah. you probably have to have 
um, principles or something that guide that consistency so that they can be autonomous in the way that they're adopting that consistency. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, if, let's say, you're trying to move consistency to technology, then you have some. You probably have to have something a little bit more concrete in, okay, um, if I if I want to deliver the same as um, another team of in 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 the organization, how can I make sure that that's consistent? Well, someone probably needs to like maintain some reusable thing so that I can be delivering consistently. Mm. And and who is that normally? Is it that project team? Is it a central team? Like what what is that? What does that look like? So that's I guess where it starts getting quite interesting that we see in our space in the cloud space right but there's different levels of consistency then um by and standards i guess standardizing is the bit that's giving you consistency isn't it really yeah. by standardizing on certain things and like the things that probably then will be problematic if are going to be people mm-hmm. if everyone's delivering in a different way once something is delivered then yeah. the supportability of it because if it looks and feels different and there's different ways of being operated that's another cost yeah um lack of reusability because basically there is no you because everyone's delivering differently you don't even know if you're delivering the same things or different things there's going to be no reusability because you can't i guess that's lack of reusability is the lack of consistency yeah yeah exactly so i'm saying like if i'm going on the negative run of like what are the things that would probably cost as in like what would you want to what are you optimizing on which would be like people yeah and support yeah run costs security reusability why why would security i mean uh, i think i know but why would security be because i guess if you've got 50 different shapes of different things yeah then that's 50 things different shapes to try and assure yeah right so you're like how would i know that those slight variations have given me the level of assurance that I need and confidence mm. that the data is being protected because we seem to have a different way of going about something in different places. So, so I, it's normally because of the people side and not having the like depth and breadth of skills across all of the inconsistent ways that you're delivering yeah. is never going to be like, it's impossible to be the best at every single thing. Right. Um, so, mm. so, so because of that, maybe you're lacking that kind of security posture is that yeah well yeah basically if you're not necessarily yeah you're lacking the security posture it wasn't necessarily to do with the skills Mm. it's more to do with um if you can assure one thing and you standardize on like how you expect that thing to be done then you're kind of then it's only if that thing's changing that you need to assure it once if people are reusing that thing Mm. that you've assured then obviously then you're getting the economies of scale i suppose on like not having to reinvest in assuring another flavor of that same thing yep. or it the outcome's the same but it's been done differently so you're like okay well i need to figure out how that's been done because we've just done that exact same outcome over there in a different yeah, yeah. way and another outcome over there in a different way and so now i've got to assure three times or four times or five times and that's very resource intensive yeah yeah exactly um so there's that i guess there's also like the um initial um you know thing of delivering it in the first place so if you're like uh um trying to i don't know uh go to market with a new application or something like that um and you've got no 
consistent patterns, then already you're almost starting on, off of on a on a um, on a bad footing, right? Mm. You're starting from a kind of lower position. So if you already had like if you knew the infrastructure that you were trying to target as your hosting um, element or something like that, then then you can maybe create a pattern on that whilst um, you're iterating on the application or b before you've even started iterating on the application so that then you can start iterating with like a known standard. Because mm. um, sometimes, you know, the thi the, like even before you have, say, the funding for your application, you could probably get a bunch of foundations in to to give you that head start, so that as soon as you do have that funding, you can you could start straight away, or you're in like um, a design stage of your of your application process, like building pr process. Um, you can you can think about uh, pattern wise what what you would how you would support it. Because a lot of like if we were to look at um, not naming customer names, obviously, but if you look at how a lot of these organisations have grown there's usually an element of there's like a catalyst change that's, mm. that occurs and it could be um the business needs to grow and they've stagnated maybe their current like the way they've currently operated is stagnated and maybe the way to grow is to start acquiring yeah. so then you're on the acquisition front or they've stagnated and they need different product lines creating like slight divergence in market types um or they need to basically take what they've done but scale it up and maybe they want to go regional, maybe they need to like invest, you know, more into different market areas um, as opposed to market types. Um, yeah. So every time there's that catalyst to any any of those requires um, some either integration work, I suppose, really. Um, if you're going to go to new regions, and you're going to put your business in new regions and you've got to integrate back or you're going to have a way of delivering that service in a way that could be scoped to new regions. Mm -hmm. um, if you're doing M&A, you obviously want to streamline the business unless you're going to leave it on its own as a separate entity, a bit like probably like Instagram and Facebook mm. kind of treated differently. So I guess it depends on your business model. Maybe you don't need to do anything. Well, um, you're, you're always going to, even if you're um, uh, treating it differently, um because you've effectively now got two you know, it's gonna be doubling functions. up on something you're, yeah, you're yeah. doubling up the cost but yeah i guess you right? could streamline some bits you but not always yeah exactly. oh yeah i meant more though for related to this podcast for like yeah. cloud unplugged i guess more cloud orientated yeah it's those types of functions if infrastructure wise and everything else you know, unless you're going to start aligning it to how you do things and like align it to the teams, which you could obviously do, there might not be. A, I don't know whether they did or they didn't. Do I, that. I guess like some of the patterns that we've seen is, um, you know, when a company gets acquired and they're both in different cloud providers as a as a thing, mm. um, there's lots of benefits in um, converging on the cloud provider if you're not using some unique service that only that cl cloud provider has right or like that that cloud provider differentiates so let's just say it's like you know basic sort of compute networking storage um at on some sort of scale um as soon as you are putting more inside one cloud provider then 
even from a commercial perspective, like you're going to get a better deal uh, from the cloud provider. You're probably going to be able to increase your kind of um, commit uh, for the year or three-year contract or whatever and get a bigger discount because of that. And then it's the cost of um, the skills that you have within your organization. So because you're not having to hire like AWS skills and Azure skills and Google skills mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, you can consistently have like one way of operating and one, you know, uh, let's say you had all three cloud providers and you had a cloud team of, I don't know, four or five people against each cloud provider. A couple of those people go away and you probably need, you know, um, someone there for sick leave and holidays and all, all of that cover, right? Um, but if it was just one cloud provider, you wouldn't necessarily have a team of 15. You mm -hmm. might have a team of, say, six or something like that. So you can see how it starts getting quite efficient and how much money you can start saving from, even from a people perspective, yeah. uh, let alone the kind of... Operational. Hosting, yeah, operational. Operationalizing the business, which is what most... If you're doing acquisitions, that's yeah. at some point that yeah. comes into question, doesn't it? Because you're like, we don't want to pay twice. Exactly. Um for similar things but if you don't have standardized patterns i guess i guess having a vision for how you're delivering something um like you, you mentioned kind of architecture but there is a point of inflection where you if you didn't have the scale the cost of which you can make the cloud work for scale mm. can not necessarily justify the need because you don't need it right so you're not yes you could do it early and plan for the future but you're going to be paying for it until the point that you need it yeah. So you don't want to necessarily do all of that early and be like, right, we're going to sort out, especially if it's like landing zone stuff, let's sort out a connectivity pattern, let's <laughs> sort out like account isolation, let's do all of these things. You're like, well, we've only got two apps. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? It's like, why do we need all of that? Mm. So for definitely for certain size businesses, SMBs, you're not, I don't think you would want to ever do that early anyway. D depends though, right? Like, if, No, it doesn't. If <laughs> so so like if, if you're if, you, if you're one of those companies and you know you've only got two apps then i think you're still getting something from like maybe cost isn't the thing that you're optimizing for maybe it's security um and if you've got a consistent way of delivering then um naturally like we talked about you're gonna have a better security posture like if you've got a landing zone and all that you know policies and places definitely and I, gr I agree with all that but i think it might, like you're saying, depends what you're. It depends what's important to you. Yeah, speed. But if if security, you know, because obviously the cloud vendors, uh, like they've got amazing ways of doing this stuff. But every time they solve the problem, there's a cost of how they've solved it. Yeah. So it's not like it's free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's not like, hey, yeah, just use all these services; they're all free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so they're like basically saying, the hey, we've done a scan. If especially if it's Azure <laughs> and you put a defender on, it tells yeah. you all the things you've done wrong. You're like. Well, you don't have Defender, and yeah. you don't have like Sentinel, and you don't have all these other things. You're like, you yeah, I know. Turned on all of the I know that because cost it's me too money. expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you're not secure, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, because you didn't turn all these things on. It's like, but it's a conscious decision. Yeah. Um, but I think at the point that you move as a business, where you can then suddenly what becomes important is well, 
actually we now need to sort these things out because of data right yeah generally it's because you have like customer data that you don't want to get don't want to lose don't want to get fined for or something like yeah that. or you're going to grow or in, that, yeah. yeah i mean you're growing to the point that it's becoming a concern mm. um or you're then got a model where you now like we're saying like from an application architectural point to your point oh well, we didn't really think about the architecture but now we need to deliver it in a new region and actually how we've architected doesn't lend well to like deploying everything that we've done organically mm. we're not gonna have to really think through because we iterated to this end state it wasn't that we went from like and like blatted Long. everything yeah, yeah. and then reprovisioned it all in a region so now we know we've not thought about moving into a new region and we don't like you know so then you have to rethink maybe some of the decisions you've made um which is a challenge to think through up front but there are definitely some decisions you can make and and certain technologies you can standardize on i imagine that would make your life a lot easier i um, guess it, for portability purposes and things like that if someone was like listening to this podcast and we were kind of and they were like trying to um get some level of consistency from where, where they were like what would you what would you say like the the kind of top three things that they would maybe have to start thinking about now would be depending on you know, I, just as, as sort of basics. So if I was to start from the beginning, mm. I think if there's a way of packaging up something, the application side, that could be like WASM or it could be containers. Yeah. Um, so long as you didn't necessarily like the way it runs and standardizing that will obviously help mm -hmm. um, because then there's a bit more portability to different technologies because lots of different technology can support containers for example it's not just say kubernetes um and so i'd probably start thinking about like what's the delivery what's the package element for delivering applications and how can i standardize on that no matter what the language was right and that gives me some like that's like the first thing yeah that then means that how people are then delivering is consistent because it means like whatever language they're using in the end that's the artifact pre-cloud yeah um then You'd, I'd then probably work out then what are the security requirements because that's like people-based and developer-based. But if I get that early because they're going to do something before even the infrastructure, yeah, um, I'd probably cordon that off first. And then I'd have to look at the cloud to be like, okay, well, how do we want to design it? And obviously Landing Zones does all of this for you out of the box to a point because it gives you a lot of the architectural principles mm -hmm. of like isolating the workloads and um, managing um, single side on access to the cloud. And um, so I'd probably start thinking about like what of all these things matters the most. Yeah. I think single sign and obviously an identity would be the key thing next because um, it's a massive security uplift. And then connectivity because that's the bane of everyone's life is like how does all of these things connect mm. um especially if i'm doing acquisitions or especially if there's something in the future or we're going to cross cloud or we might end up wanting to go on prem or all these things then i would want to design a connectivity pattern mm -hmm. um and the earlier you do that the better because obviously you're going to have devices and devices will probably need to have some vpne style element if everything's going to be or well, something's going to be private yeah um, then that fits into that connectivity pattern already, mm -hmm. which would fit into the developers' um, kind of ways of working. So you'd want to kind of bite that off. And then security would then follow, I think, from that point on then like, okay, well, we've got single sign, which is more access, but it's got an element of security around it. Yeah. Um, and then it would be more like audit and logging and of things. 
And then once that you kind of put those architectural principles in, which is like, how do I know what's going on? Yeah. You know, how can I make sure no one tampers with anything? How do things talk to each other? What are we standardizing on for delivery? Um, and how, what's the technology underneath it that makes it more portable? And I called those things off first and yeah. access. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'd say they were like the key, the most key things. And and like, would, what would you do this with like, ClickOps, uh, all those kind of, yeah. you know, through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what drives consistency. I mean. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. click about it's and like, do all that. Um, yeah, 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 you just like... Super easy. Really fast mouse yeah. action. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And what you do is you record yeah. your mouse of where you click in. Yeah. And then you basically... Play it back. Yeah, you play that's it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it in BDD style tests, you know, with Cypress, I, and you can go through the UE for you, and you can then automate it. You automate I've the seen you click off. Just write your notepads <laughs> like John, click here in the top left hand corner. There's Selenium that runs <laughs> yeah. and just goes up into the browser, goes through the experience <laughs> each time. Tear it all down. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's this is like pre-delivered. These are more like architectural standards yeah. more than anything else. It's like they're the things that you'd want to standardize on. But and they're then, like the technology standards almost, I guess. Like yeah, they're like pattern standards yeah. rather than like yeah. how you're going to do it. Exactly. But you're right. I think like then when you get into how you're going to do it then you're into the rest but it's more i guess requirement driven mm-hmm. which is like things need to talk to things obviously and people need to talk to those services too so you've already got connectivity is already a massive key element in yeah. that and if you've got any identity and somebody needs to do something then that's it you need some you've got identity straight out of the gate so yeah. it's like it it's those things seem like paramount stuff mm-hmm. and then how do i track all those things are going on and what happens if I've got an issue and where would I find the order of those things and how would I protect that in case, you know, I needed to kind of search through what happened and then I'd kind of worry about that bit afterwards and then policy and then all the other things. And then I'd worry about how after I think, once I'd worked those things out, I then work out like, okay, now we've defined what we need. Yeah. Now, how are we going to do it? Yeah. And then I'd show everyone my click up skills <laughs> and I would be like, oh my God, God, I've so never seen what a clicker. Never this seen such clicker. Uh, such is, click ops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the fastest clicker. Exactly. Guy I've then probably ever. become insta famous overnight, <laughs> yeah. and you know, um, yeah. Then I guess infrastructure as code and defining it declaratively, mm-hmm. putting those foundations using a landing zone. Obviously, would be key at that point because, yeah. like, why reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. when they've already given you the patterns to do all of this and the codes kind of there already yeah. from the cloud providers that you can already work with. Um, what about like other kind of principles? So like, um, you know, there's there's uh, stuff like using technology, infrastructure as code, landing zones, this this kind of stuff. But like um, process, uh, like how you're delivering something, uh, whether you're going to use sort of agile teams to, to um, you know, um, so from a process perspective, everyone has a framework of delivery or um from like a principal perspective you might say you know we want everything to be secure by default so not using um unencrypted um uh ways of communicating between services or you know things like that so it's but they're like they're like security well they're different i guess security policies yeah are like different that's a complete different realm but that would have to come after I think you understood how you were even going to get the bare bone principles of things to even work. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how's this even going to work once we've delivered it, even irrespective of any security? Right. 
Um, because those are patterns that I need in place to scale on because there's going to be things that need to, you know, otherwise it functionally won't work. And then there's yeah. then those other like more non-functional but they they might what um, they might actually uh, be an issue with um, how you're doing something right. So um, uh, if if you've got like um, if you've got a principle of um, secure by default or something like that, there are some services. I mean, maybe not in this day and age, but that just don't support um, say uh, TLS or something or whatever. So you're going to rule them out because you've got that principle. Maybe it doesn't happen so much in this day and age. But I mean, that's different because that comes later, yeah, I suppose. Fair. So it's yeah, like yeah. the order of magnitude is like trying to find the right patterns to scale on that are simpler mm -hmm. than others and then putting policies in. I mean, once you once you know you can group things to manage the policies against, it's yeah. like, how do I how do I organize a way of grouping policies mm. so that I can have exemptions and that actually maybe this group, I can, if, I, if it's an acquisition, I can treat it differently for a while and then yeah. remediate a lot of those things. So I think all of those things, like those principles are more patterns that will allow you to like scale well because they're, they're more informative. If they've been put in as policy and all things like, like that. Thinking through what you're going to do and then how you're going to do it, it yeah, is yeah. more informative than just looking from an implementation perspective. Yeah. I'm like, well, we've got all these things. And it's like, well, yeah, I think they're paving the way of like how you manage those things well will mm. give you the economies of scale. Um, and allow you to scale, but not thinking of those things and it being randomized slightly because you could still do policies in different ways. Yeah, um, It's more like how you're going to meet it in a way that allows you to scale, which is kind of very landing. That's what I liked about landing zone principles is that it's thought through yeah, exactly. on like how you're going to approach it rather than just technically what you can do yeah. um, and standardizing on it. So... It's horizontal scale, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. Landing zones is completely about horizontally scaling. Exactly. Because we know vertical doesn't work. Yeah, vertical <laughs> doesn't work, yeah. So. Um, which is great. Um, anyway, that was short and sweet. Yes. On those things. Um, but consistency is good. Um, I guess there's there's always a bit of a trade-off to a certain degree with consistency in that if you um, try to architect for consistency potentially too early, then, you know, maybe the cost of doing so might be higher than the benefit. Yeah, it, I think so. You if you're coming it? from an informed place, yeah. if you don't realise the value of consistency and just be thinking, you know, naively that you don't need it, then that's different from then being very intentional of like knowing you're compromising on not having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is definitely, if you can standardise even on the dev experience and the developer ways of working, those things, then you're already going to get, you're going to be in a better place. 100%. Even if you don't go landing zones. So yeah, yeah they'd definitely say like, Anything you're going to do, if it's got an element of scale on it, then you need to think about how everyone's going to be working with it um, because that's a high cost. If everyone's like working differently, it's going to be a bit of a mess. Yes. So, yeah, that's probably the key thing, I think. There we have it. Consistency. Cool. Do it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Listening. Bye. Bye.